You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. People don't like when we start the show off negatively. They don't like that. They're listening because they're fans of the Giants and they want to commiserate about this thing that they like, that they love. And so it's really a bummer when we mention that this team is awful, when we say that they're terrible in every facet of the game. I mean, a couple of good defensive plays, notwithstanding. But anyway, I mean, and plus people right now are going through a mourning period. We are now in the post-AJ Pollock era. So I think we need to respect Giants fans uh, at this time, these, these difficult times. Hashtag forever giant. (laughs) I do believe I saw that question floating around on social media of what is the minimum threshold for forever giant. I'm pretty sure you've got to like do one noteworthy thing. No, no, I'm, I'm saying Dan Uggla's on the list. So AJ Pollock is on the list. I'm, I'm calling it. You just, you just have to not be AJ Pruszynski. I think that's the threshold. So that was the other question that that was asked in the McCovey Chronicles Slack, I believe, which is who's had who has the most memorable Giants career, AJ Pruszynski or AJ Pollock? <laughs> I mean, I will say this: I remember AJ Pruszynski's career, and I will remember it for a long time. Those double plays, like I remember some of the best seats I've ever had at a Giants game. I got them through like a business associate of my mom. I was sitting, you know, very close to where Larry Bear was sitting. I was there with a friend of mine. And uh, and AJ Pruszynski grounds like two double plays, and the Scottish guy to my right goes, "Ah, double play, AJ." <laughs> so that's a much stronger memory than I will ever have of AJ Pollock in a giant uniform. No play, AJ. So <laughs> exactly. we've. <laughs> if you're named AJ, you're not going to be a good giant. I think that's the takeaway. This week we'll be talking about what we found interesting and concerning. And more importantly, we'll be giving the bullpen trust power rankings for August, our penultimate bullpen trust power rankings. Oh, that's a little sad. And then we'll talk about the state of the Giants as conveyed to us through some comments made by Farhan Zaidi before the Cubs kicked their asses in Chicago. Pretty good. I guess before we get into all that, though, let's just do a quick week recap, which is the Giants are now 70 and 70. Uh, we saw a lot of uh, comments floating around. You know, they went into Oakland 60 and 49. And now look at them. Embarrassing. It's been a disaster. Um, I, I think a bigger disaster uh, was pointed out by Grant Brisby, a friend of the podcast, that the, you know, since basically July 1st, it's been a really bad team. I've been saying since they swept the Dodgers, it's all gone downhill. But the July 1st is just as good as any uh, mark. It's been bad. Their playoff odds are down to about 10%. And again, it's causing the, their play is causing guys like Grant and guys like Doug to write articles about how tough it is to watch the Giants, which is like the two of you are writing about how I write about them all the time. <laughs> no, That's we're, in a, dark, we're in a dark place, Brian. <laughs> this, is, this is the dark universe. This is uh, Tom Cruise and the Mummy. And uh, whatever other movies they never made because that was a stupid idea. 
<laughs> it's really quite something. Uh, they're chasing the Reds, whom they hold the tiebreak over, but also the Diamondbacks uh, they're chasing. But the Diamondbacks get to face these Cubs, who the Giants just uh, saw, and they're facing them for four games uh, this this weekend. Then the the Marlins. The Marlins just beat up on Lance Lynn um, at the time we're recording this, but they also just put Jorge Soler, their ostensibly best hitter, and Sandy Alcantara on the IL. Uh, so those are like two of their main players that are now on the IL as the Giants are trying to you know stay in the mix there. And the Cubs are playing so well that they might actually run down the Brewers for the NL Central. So that's just another team that the Giants have to kind of like think about. I mean, I guess this is the I'm going to definitely going to write an article about this because to be honest, I'm not I'm not optimistic about the Giants chances the rest of the way. I think they're really bad. Oh, (laughs) first I'm hearing about this. You know, the Giants have actually done a really nice job of conditioning fans to stop thinking about other teams (laughs) and to just look at what they're doing. And they've effectively lowered expectations so much that we are all caught up in will the often injured, injured Mitch Hanniger contribute and will these rookies who had nice uh, minor league runs be able to carry that over to the major leagues, which rarely happens anyway. And it's like, that's all we're focused on for some reason. And so it's just a matter of we're, we've been focusing on them so much. It's almost worth continuing that trend and not thinking about all the other teams out there who they're directly competing with for now, what is effectively one last playoff spot. I mean, I, to me, that makes sense because right now the Giants problems, the Giants, it, you know, if they, if they're a good team, hypothetically, let's say from this point on, they're going to be a good team. Then they have a shot. Like, I don't think any of the teams in front of them are going to catch fire and, you know, win 16 out of their last 22 games or whatever. Um, so, you know, the Gi- all the Giants have to do is play well. The problem is that the Giants aren't going to play well. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, like, if you really consider it, then, you know, if they just have a good run, if they play watchable baseball, uh, if they end up with those 84 or 85 wins that we we're predicting for them before the season, then they'll at least be pleasant to watch over this last stretch of the year, regardless of whether they make the playoffs, which they shouldn't because they don't deserve it. To go 84 and 78, 14 and 8, you know, I look at that and I go, that's not, I mean, that's hard for them to do, but it's not an impossible record for them to have. They're going to play the Rockies seven times. You know, it's just stuff like that. You look at it and you go, well, it's it's possible. All right, anyway, Doug, what's something you found interesting about the Giants this week? Nothing, Brian. <laughs> Nothing was interesting. How can you even ask me that? God, did you see this team? I tried to watch them as little as possible, and I still watched them too much. One game. (laughs) One game was too much, Brian. I can't stand it. Uh, I agree. (laughs) Is there anything you found concerning this week? Everything! Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, they scored, they scored a bunch of runs and then they couldn't pitch and then they couldn't pitch and they couldn't pitch. And most of the time they couldn't score any runs. I don't know what's going on with Austin Slater. If he like stepped on, um, you know, like, like a wizard staff or something by accident, he is clearly cursed 
something's going on with him. He had a, a ground ball back up the middle yesterday that glanced off the catcher or the pitcher's ankle, which, you know, killed a rally. Um, just everything's going wrong for them. So what I found concerning was nothing or everything. And, and that's almost like nothing. It's like, they're not a team. They don't exist. So. I mean, yeah, at some point, if enough things go wrong, you don't have to worry about any of them because yeah. none of the individual things that go wrong actually matter because there's so many other things that are going wrong that have already doomed the team. It's it's really the soft base low expectations. The, the, yes. The, the succinct version is the Giants have played in such a way that this entire segment has been invalidated. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations, Giants. <laughs> We know you've always hated this segment, so you you did it. You killed you know, it. John Brebbia had a lot of time off. And he, <laughs> he was not shy about sending emails. Uh, all right. Now it's time for our bullpen trust power rankings for August, which we promised would feature some movement on it. <laughs> and what I love about this is for me, because of my old age and the way I don't sleep and you know, memories, things get fuzzy for me in a hurry, especially when it comes to details of games. So this is always a fun exercise to like go back through guys' game logs and go, oh yeah, that game. Oh yeah, that game. And and that's definitely for this month, a lot of that was happening. So uh, I did give, this time, give Doug a list. And I did rule Ross Stripling and Shamanaya ineligible because they are pitching every fifth day. They are effectively starting pitchers or being treated as such Alex Wood skated the line. And now that's my pivot point into this part about Alex Wood and uh, some of these other relievers. Listen, it's very easy to let September play influence August judgments. Okay. And you know what, Doug, given the way the giants are playing, I, I'm not going to hold it against you. So if you want to use Alex Wood's performance yesterday against him in your judgment, your ranking for August, so be it. Brian, I do want to do that. And I did do that. A hundred percent. I did that. So I'm going to say, uh, so I'm going to guess he's your number nine. He's my number nine. Yeah. He's, I, I just don't trust him one bit. Like it does, like he had a decent, at least August. It wasn't bad. Um, I, but he comes in and you just think, well, this time, is, it, is he going to do it this time? Is, is he going to give up seven runs this time? Because he might. Like, you know it's on the table with him. Um, there's a lot of people speculating right now that he's going to be DFA'd before Friday because the Giants need the roster spot, and he, he's just not worth a roster spot. Should I have, you know, had him higher on the list because he had a 314 ERA? I don't know, maybe. he. But he was that, – that was kind of buoyed by him having a pretty low, you know – home run to fly ball rate. Like he got lucky on that and he has a low strikeout rate. Uh, and I, I don't think he's good and I don't want to see him pitch. I never want to see him pitch. So Alex, Wood is number nine? Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to like give this guy much more credit. He is a former Dodger. He's always annoying to me um, with his slinging delivery. And he was one of those guys like, how is he doing it? He's always doing it. And I get it, you know, Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler, they want former Dodgers. They're comfortable with that. You know, when this season's over, we can start to have a lot of fun with the messiness of the Giants and wonder, are these guys sleeper agents? Are they, you know, I think it's a fair question. 
when we start being driven insane by the Giants not making the playoffs. That's all I'm saying, Doug. <laughs> that when we lose our minds, finally, we should entertain the notion because why is Alex Wood on a, on this major league roster? Yes, a solid August, the 314 ERA and a 375 FIP, which when it comes to Alex Wood, a sub four FIP seems very hard for him to do, but he did it. And he was not so bad on the win probability added, whatever. And I was also looking before he blew up in yesterday's start. I was also looking at his numbers in like the first inning and it before it all went to shit, which it very quickly did. Obviously there was a part of me going like, why did they move him into this bulk role? Why did they feel the need to give him an opener? Because I was just looking at his first inning numbers and I'm like, they were fine. So they were just like, Oh, because like come the fifth inning, he suddenly got bad. So let's, let's just, take the four innings he's good and start it in the second inning instead of the first. That was it. So really, I mean, I'm trying to understand, is that what it was? So I think they like um, the idea of using a right-hander to get, to get good matchups and then bringing in Alex Wood for his four innings. Um, That's my guess that they, they sort of like having, knowing they're getting an extra inning of matchup advantages, because if they start all the, all right-handers knowing that Alex Wood's going to be in, you get a, you get the, the advantages of Walker in for Brian Walker for an inning or two innings or maybe three, if he's really, you know, if he's really killing it. Um, and if they start lefties, then when Alex Wood comes in, he can shut them down twice during, uh, you know, twice because they're not going to let him face anybody three times. Um, so I think the giants are kind of strategizing and being like, well, it works in the numbers, but Hey, guess what? It doesn't work in practice. So it, not only that, it does. Yeah. yeah, it works in two ways. Not in practice. Then that was. Thank you. You got me right to the point. It didn't. It doesn't work on the field, and it doesn't work in the clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> like, by pissing him off, and it's not like okay, well, he's pissed off, so we can't do it. But it's also sort of like I thought we were all trying to figure out, uh, trying to leverage every opportunity. Did the Giants effectively manage these opportunities? I'm not so sure. But at the same time, he can't pitch. So yeah. he is the least trustworthy reliever for good reason. Yeah, uh, I got. I'm jumping right to number eight here. It was very hard not to put him number nine though, and I, I'm. I got you on my side, and look what happened. <laughs> you were right all along, Scott Alexander. Nice knowing you. <laughs> nine point two innings pitch, nine thirty one ERA, four ninety one FIP. He had he opened some games. Uh, a 500 batting average on balls in play and any role they try to use him in in August, it wasn't working and you can see it. It's not there. It's gone. Um, so, yeah. so good riddance, Scott Alexander, but it was he your number eight. Uh, yeah, I was kind of going back and forth because he seemed kind of trustworthy almost. And then you look at the numbers, you're like, I, I can't justify it. Like even knowing that four, four of those runs came in his four starts and if you're like, okay, just never use him as an opener. Even with that, I I can't I can't justify having him anywhere higher than this. Um, it would be super funny if it's like he has a routine, you know, pitchers being creatures of habit, and it's like he's just waking up from a nap before <laughs> games start. So the fact that like when he's a reliever late in the games, like he's fully awake. 
But like, it'd be really funny if it's like, I'm not changing my sleep schedule just to pitch an inning. And it's like the groggiest Scott Alexander. They get. I, I imagine he, he comes in the clubhouse with the t-shirt and says, do not put me in the game before I've had my coffee. <laughs> Grumpy baby Scott Alexander with this big bushy baby mustache. Yeah. All right, so you had him at your number eight. I mean, it was tough. I'm not going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, that's how bad Scott Alexander pitched in my mind, that I was willing to put him lower than Alex would. But Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it. Like, objectively, it was a worse month for him. I just, I trust him. Like, the odds that Scott Alexander is a good pitcher this month, I think, are much higher than the odds that Alex Wood is a good pitcher this month. Yeah, I trust him in like a sixth, seventh inning, get one lefty out to end the inning. I, I see that. Pretty clearly. Yeah. Alex Wood, yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a four-run inning suddenly. How'd that yeah. happen? <laughs> Alex, Wood, uh, so, Alex Wood is very much a, so what would you say you do here? Kind of <laughs> uh, so who is your number seven? So number seven is, for me, is Luke Jackson. Yeah, mine too. Who, he has come back and he has looked real bad. Um, and again, his ERA in August was fine. His ERA was 309. His FIP was 575. He walked uh, 7.7 per nine, uh, gave up a bu- several homers, gave up, I think, two two homers in uh, in 11 and two-thirds innings. I didn't write uh, down his home runs allowed. I just wrote down 10 walks in 11.2 innings. Yeah, it's just way, way too yeah. many. Uh, and you can't, you can't pitch like that. You can't trust him. Uh, he comes in and, like, you, it's not even like, are you getting good good Luke Jackson or bad Luke Jackson? It's like, you're getting mediocre Luke Jackson, but will he allow runs this time? Yeah. Because he, he always looks the same and it's never good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to chalk it up to Tommy John recovery perhaps, but yeah, can you trust him? No. And, and this is one of those times where I don't know that the separation between seven and eight is actually all that great. But he certainly, it's what you, what you said. It's like, wow, it seems like when it's not going badly, it's by luck yeah. more than anything else. And, you know, in, in his defense with the Tommy John surgery, you know, we saw this with John Brebby in 2021. Yep. Mm-hmm. He lost it in August. Um, yep. And he came back last year and he was he was really good. So it's not saying anything about Luke Jackson to say that. No, not at all. just feeling that a little bit. Also, 15 strikeouts and 11.2 innings. So the stuff is there. Um, it's just about everything else. Yeah. Uh, number six, who's your number six? Oh, so number six, I debated because I feel like I didn't go with the guy I should have gone with. Uh, but I'm giving him a little bit more of a chance and I'm going with Jacob Junis. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, like, I know he had a good month, but, uh, I almost, I, oh my God. I don't trust him. You almost had him at number one. I almost, just for lulls, I almost went. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, with, okay, so Junis at six, you know, a 17.1 innings pitch, 156 ERA, and a 274 FIP. And then also, just just to really drive that home, 17 strikeouts and two walks. I'm very unfair to him. Yes, I'm being very unfair to him. 250 uh, Babip. I'll give you that. Uh, the uh, you know, but also the reason why I didn't put him this low or wouldn't even think to is I even went back to July first because we 
you had mentioned, like, have we been too hard on Jacob Junis? Since July 1st, Doug, he struck out 33 and walked only three. And he has a 253 ERA, 298 FIP split. He's been really good. We've been very unfair to him. I'm, I'm continuing to be very unfair to him. First off, it is working. I want that on the record. Oh, oh yes. What we learned this season is negging works. Okay, fine. Negging, fair enough. Negging works. Um, I don't, I just, I watch him pitch and it, I'm, I have too many flashbacks to April. Like, I, I think that's it. And it's, it's not fair to him. He's, he's ended up having a, a perfectly decent year. And certainly an excellent couple months. Um, but I I worry when he comes in that he's going to do something that I'm like, that guy, I know that guy. You fooled me. You fooled me. Um, well, certainly his his appearance in Chicago certainly made you think along those lines. So here we go. Here's September weighing in on August and shooting yeah. on August. But it uh, is. fair enough. I still put him as my fourth most trustworthy Okay. reliever yeah. because at number six i indulged in my feelings of vindication i wallowed in my own crapulence if you will and that is i put Ty- tyler rogers down here yeah yes he was the <laughs> other one i was thinking about since I, july I, I, I 1st <laughs> since july 1st 23 games 24.1 innings pitched 15 runs allowed all earned 18 strikeouts that's that was a surprise and only five walks, but five home runs, 555 ERA, 531 FIP. Uh, and then just in August, it's a 559 ERA and a 471 FIP. And um, that's where all the home runs came. Uh, still nine strikeouts, a 269 BABIP. So even even with that, he's not, yeah, the, the results have been bad. So it's like he's been getting lucky and he was still pretty bad. So uh, I don't know is if this is a pumpkining, I'm not sure because it feels like we just went through this with him last year, right? Where he had a rough couple of months and then he kind of locked it into place. So, but for now, I mean, after two months, it's kind of hard to trust him um, in, the, in the top. All that yeah. said, for most of the year, up until July thereabouts, again, we had talked about this. Whenever you looked for, well, what's Camilo Duvall compared to the league? Tyler Rogers would sneak in all these top 10 lists. So um, it's tough. It's a tough fall. Yeah, I mean, so I have him at five um, for basically those reasons. I mean, the thing he did do things well in August. He didn't he didn't walk a guy. Um, his strikeouts were he struck out I think eight in nine and two thirds, um, but he gave up homers. Uh, he's and he looked bad. He's especially looked bad lately, and we saw this in Chicago, but we also saw this I think in August a couple times where. Um, he would come out and have a good inning and then Kapler would throw him out again for another inning. And then he would just give up three runs. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I can trust him more if he's, if I know he's pitching exactly one inning and we'll figure out how to kind of get length out of him later. Uh, but it's, you know, the overall package that, that does hurt. Now I feel stronger about my ranking. Cause now I can say this, look what you made me do Gabe Kapler. <laughs> this is your fault. That's right. For so for your number five, I'm kind of interested to hear what you had to say. That so that was number five for me. Oh, number five. Me, yeah. Oh, Tristan Beck is my number five, and that was you know what? That's kind of drafting off your point. That was going to be my point about him. His 503 ERA accompanies a 270 FIP, which is great, and 
I'm going to say it was because he kind of got left out there maybe a little bit longer than and a couple of appearances than maybe he should have. I also recognize he didn't have his best stuff in, in some appearances. And I think that was, he was the guy that got hit by the angels and the rays and the Braves the second time they saw him. Um, so, you know, he had his little revenge game against Atlanta in Atlanta, but then when they came into San Francisco, they had their revenge on him. Um, but against good teams, he kind of wilted a little bit, but still you see it and you trust when he's, he's, he's middle trustworthy. It's like, yeah, all right, let's, let's do two innings of Tristan Beck. This is great. Oh, third inning. Uh, let's see what happens. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. hundred. So I have him at number four or number four. Yeah. Number four for, for basically that reason. Like you watch him like, yeah, I mean, I, I see why he's out there. He's, he's not throwing badly. Usually, you know, he usually doesn't throw badly. Um, Sometimes good teams will get to him and like, you just go, well, yeah, the, the Braves are, are loaded with good hitters. It's not fair. We need socialism. But, uh, but like you watch him and it's totally, re- you know, if, if somebody tells you, yeah, then Tristan Beck's going to take two innings in the little game. It's, it's fine. Good. Yeah. Those, those will probably be pretty solid innings. Um, that's kind of your, your gut instinct about Tristan Beck, at least mine. And it sounds like yours, Brian. I, I don't want to speak for our listeners. Um, but that he's going to be solid probably, uh, which is perfectly fine. So we just have a, a little bit of a switch then. So I had Junis at four. You had Rogers at four. Uh, you had Rod or Rogers at five. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let's start this over. Okay. So then you're four, five, six again. So I had uh, Junis at six, Rogers at five, Beck at four. Okay. And then I had Rogers at six, Beck at five, Junis at four. So then our top three, this will, this will be fun. This yeah. will be fun because I don't know where you went on this. We didn't. We don't talk about this ahead of time. So, who's your number three? Number three is Camilo Duvall. You did it! Oh I my god! It. You did it! <laughs> you um, maniac! <laughs> um, yeah. After that, what was it? Fourth straight blown save. I think I tweeted yeah. out. Someone's fallen in the bullpen trust power rankings. <laughs> um. Because he blew four saves in a row. He sure which did. Which is a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's like a, a number of saves you will blow in a season if you're a good closer. And he did it in the span of like a week. So One of those wasn't entirely his fault? <laughs> yeah, the one in Atlanta was not entirely his fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, though he did not hold that runner on. So, you know. Just, yeah. He's not, he's not blameless. Um, but... You know, he looked mortal and he looked bad uh, for a while. He looks he looks okay now. Like, he looks a little bit better. But some of that just could, could be because they're not he's not pitching that much. Like, it could be that right now he can't go back-to-back games, um, which would affect how much I trust him. Um, it could be right now that he's they need to give him two days off for his arm to be right, which would be something to worry about. Uh, but we wouldn't know because he pitches, like, once a week because the Giants never have a lead going to the ninth inning anymore. Right. Uh, but I mean, overall, he, he took a real big step back in August. Um, and he like in terms of just when he was in that that funk where he was like blowing save after save, you know, you were waiting for him to fail, which is something we have not said about Duvall, I think, since he's been in the majors. Even with all that, he does clearly have the best stuff on the team. Um, right. And you expect him to find it. But when you're watching him not finding it, it's, it's tough. I could not go totally. I was with you 
and I we arrived at the same destination, but I just went no. because Duvall was heads and shoulders better than whoever we put at number two. And even there probably were a couple of times I'm like, it's pretty close, but stuff wise, consistency wise, we're talking about this guy as, you know, we've speculated, is this the best closer the giants have ever had this or that him going through this very rough, rough spot. I mean, a minus 1.243 win probability added, you know, he, he, Killed the Giants' chances to win several games in a crucial month. And who knows what happens if some of those go the other way. I couldn't knock him out of the first spot. I had to knock him down to number two. My number three was to... Because also, I did let my uh, the uh, September game influence me. Where it's like, oh, he looked fine. So, <laughs> so but anyway, it, your point is taken. I just couldn't... It's like for holding on to the top spot that much... Uh, as historic seeming sounding as um, four straight blown saves is, you know, uh, I knocked him number two. Taylor Rogers, just such a solid guy all year long. Like who's been the most solid bullpen trust power rankings. He's probably number one because except for the first month, he hasn't really given you a reason he's pitching better than he did last year. Remember there was some concerns. It's like, Oh, is this it? For him, and who knows what the future will hold. He had five holds and a win, a 201 FIP, 11 strikeouts against four walks. Very trustworthy guy when he comes in. I almost forget he pitches most of the time because I don't remember his innings. They're usually pretty much without incident. So um, very trustworthy guy. Uh, all right. Well, then who's your number two? So, yeah, number two, I have Taylor Rogers because, yeah, I mean, it's like what you said. He's just like a steady, reliable, solid pitcher. Sometimes he will get into trouble and you'll get worried and then you will blink and the inning will be over and you yeah. won't even remember how he did it. He's just <laughs> it's just so like calm, matter of fact that he's he's a good pitcher and he can just get out of these jams. Um, and I, I, you know, he comes in the game. And you're like, yeah, I, I think he's going to do fine. So, I mean. It, then the obvious choice is, for number one is Ryan Walker. That's right. Let's curse him, baby. We're doing it. We're coming for you, Walkie. <laughs> he had a baby. <laughs> yeah, a 129 ERA, 190 FIP, 20 strikeouts and 14 innings pitched. He allowed just three runs, two earned, 452 BABIP. So it could have gone worse, and it didn't. And... uh <laughs> So good for him. He he adjusted to the opener role very easily. I also liked that he then he came in to bail out Kyle Harrison and he, he came he came in later in the game and he was fine there. Congratulations, Ryan Walker. We have been rooting for you from the very beginning. Yeah, I think it's something that we've said is that, you know, if he wasn't a rookie, we would be ranking him like three spots higher this month. <laughs> and he just maybe we'd be ranking him negative second if he wasn't a rookie. I don't know. Um, but the the way he pitched in August was was fantastic he was one of the brightest spots on the team um really encouraging to watch him uh and the giants desperately needed him they needed someone reliable to come in and you know do those two to three inning openers and then who could also come in in the late innings and so he can basically do it all right now and it's it's fun to watch all right so run down your nine again all right so number nine Alex Wood, number eight, Scott Alexander. Then we have Luke Jackson, Jacob Junis, Tyler Rogers, Tristan Beck, Camilo Duvall, Taylor Rogers, and at number one, Ryan Walker. 
I had Alex Wood at nine, Scott Alexander eight, Luke Jackson seven, Tyler Rogers six, Tristan Beck five, Jacob Junis four, uh, Taylor Rogers three, Camilo Duvall two, Ryan Walker one. And next month we get to look forward to John Brebbia and Keaton Wynn perhaps making the list. Uh, that's all we have to look forward to next month, I think, Doug. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally it. <laughs> um, so it, it's pretty wacky that now we're this late into the season and there's been such a big change. It was it was like two or three months in a row where it was pretty much the same top four, top five, and now it's just dramatic shifting. All right. For the second game in Chicago, Farn Zaidi had some comments about the state of the franchise, the trade deadline, etc., I'm going to read two quotes that both John Shea and Maria Gardado quoted. Uh, he said, when I look back over the last few years, I can't remember a stretch like this offensively, maybe even since 2019. It's been tough, but I just think we have the personnel. It was the same group of players, essentially, that were a good offensive team for the first half of the season. That's where we have confidence that we can turn it around. And then when he was asked, do you think you could have done more at the trade deadline? He says, I think that's a fair question. When I look at our team right now, we still have guys getting at-bats who we want to see getting at-bats. Every day we're kind of putting out a team that has guys that we believe in. It's easy to express confidence and be complimentary of a team and a lineup when things are going well. I think for the players and the mindset of the clubhouse, it's almost more important that they hear and feel and sense that confidence when things aren't going well. That's how we feel. So... You're the guys because we want you to be the guys. That's that's the message. <laughs> but uh, a funny note about 2019, Doug, about the offensive yeah. thing here. If all the 2018 season, which <laughs> I'm bringing up because the Giants started off that month of September in 2018, 0-6. And Doug, the Giants to start September 2023 are 0-6. So wouldn't you say that it's more similar to 2018 than 2019? Uh, first off, that was an excellent William Shatner-esque delivery. We've <laughs> uh, been watching a lot of original series lately. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, it, it could be. I don't know. There's, I hope not. They went, what, there was the, 2018 was the worst September in franchise history. So that's right. It would be nice if they were better than that um, somewhat. I would prefer. Uh, but, you know, for Farhan, he's just talking about 2019 because that was his first year. And, like, I get it, but they also had Mike Yastrzemski, who performed pretty much the whole year. The Giants had this Giants team is Wilmer Flores, who's several years older than Yastrzemski was in 2019. It's it's also sort of like he has to say something. He, he can't just be like, uh, yeah, so this team sucks ass now. And uh, I should have traded for some dudes who could hit. That's on me. Whoops. Because no one on this team can hit. Like, he just has to sort of say nothing. It's it's the obligation that you have when you're in charge sometimes. Um, but it's also, if that is truly the analysis that, you know, these guys were good through June, so I don't know what's up now. I mean, that's. I, I think they know that the league has found some holes or the league has found that they just can't hit fastballs down the middle uh, or they, they, you know, they can't do this or they can't do that. Like it, 
they've gotten figured out and they haven't adjusted back. And some of that is definitely on the players. Some of it probably is on the hitting coaches. Uh, and I'll, I think a large part of it is that Farhan constructed a team that was pretty deeply flawed. Um, you know, they got J.D. Davis last year and he, he crushed the ball for them over the last couple of months of the year. Did they think he would do that again? I, they, they clearly shouldn't have. Like, they got that wrong. Uh, David VR last year had a nice couple months, had a nice September to, to wind up his, his season. But some of the, the advanced kind of stats really were down on him. I remember seeing that before the season. I was like, well, that's not good. And yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, he, he can't hit at the major league level. Did they believe in Casey Schmidt more than they should have? Yeah, pretty clearly. Are they just grasping at straws starting Paul DeYoung right now? Yeah, they are. I, I don't think they have answers. Um, no. We expect them to, right? Because they're in charge and everyone calls Farhan smart and everything. But like, they don't know. Uh, they have no idea what's going wrong or why, which is not encouraging, but it does seem to be the situation. 0-11 to start September 2018. So just five games away, five losses away from tying the franchise record. So for those of you who are mad at Gabe Kapler for this, <laughs> remember what happened with the last guy. Well, we joked about how far anxiety was speed running the Sabian era, but what what the season is presupposing is what if it's the Bobby Evans? <laughs> <laughs> Because the Giants in 2018 began September at exactly 500, 68 and 68, and then it just all fell apart. This time around, the Giants started September 70 and 64. It's wild that they're they're 500. And what was Grant saying since the start of 2020? Over their last, like, 302 games or something? (laughs) Yeah, they're 500. 500. 500. Uh, yeah. I want to speak to your point about how the league has figured them out. This was something that I think I reported or mentioned offhandedly. It's tough because the national media doesn't cover the giants as breathlessly as they do other teams because they are from the East coast or uh, the middle of the country. Um, I couldn't think of them, <laughs> the Midwest, whatever. I just, they don't cover as much. I just remember very offhandedly reading like, Oh, it was like around 2015 or, or it was by the time of 2016 that StatCast was in every stadium or something. So if you want to know why the Giants offense evaporated in the second half of 2016, it's because all the data now was like all the inputs were made and all the teams had the same information and they could see what the Giants couldn't do. And they just exploited that. And that's what tanked the franchise. And I don't know, it's probably plausible that a very similar thing's happening now, that the Giants are are very easily figured out. But there's other things like they look tired, which is not something they sh- that should be happening. They should never be looking tired. This is a team that has too many coaches and experts weighing in on health and rest to, you know, and paying attention to that kind of stuff. They kind of prided themselves on finding the edge in every different area. So the idea that the players would look sluggish or just whatever. That could just be a, a personality thing that I'm projecting onto them. Cause I'm tired a lot. I'm certainly tired of watching them, but, hey <laughs> but it certainly hasn't looked good. And I think you're absolutely right. They don't have any answers for why things have gone wrong. 
it's a tough situation because I certainly know that a lot of fans want there to be changes. This is year five. If we can throw out the Dodgers World Series 2020 year, I think we can just as easily, Giants fans, throw out 2021 as being any sort of indicator because that is a huge outlier. And otherwise, it's basically a 500 team. And you can look at that and you can say, well, we need to get a new guy in here for for to make it better. And I, I'm one of those people that don't that doesn't see what the upside is. That how are you going to get better? And that that's the because the issue is not who's running the organization. It's sort of how they can run it. I do I have to. I don't want to reiterate this all the time. The Giants don't traffic in human beings yet, and that's why <laughs> that's one of the reasons why their player development pipeline is behind the other teams. They spend money but they don't necessarily spend it to the degree that some or other organizations do. We also have to remember that the fish always rots at the head. And so you look at who's at the top of the giant's pyramid, that's a rotten bunch of people. So there's a lot of reasons why things may not be working out. And I don't know, another person's going to come in and have the answers. You're more likely to get a Steve Phillips than you are to get an Andrew Friedman you know, or David Stearns. And I don't know how much different either one of them would be from, say, a far anxiety anyway. So it's just like a weird, it's just frustration and it's easier to take it out on one or two people, especially the ones making the decisions. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, I just don't think the Giants have the players. How are they going to yeah, get I them? Think, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's the issue. So people talk about 2021 a lot. And 2021, like they did a lot of things right. But the main thing they did right is they had phenomenal seasons from Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, and Buster Posey. Um, and people always kind of forget that as, as part of the equation, that they had like star players with eight or eight or nine-figure contracts performing at the top of their abilities. Um, and they don't have anybody on the team right now who's at that talent level. Like Jock Peterson is not at that talent le- level. Um I can't even think of someone else on the team who could plausibly be, have been there. You know, I don't want to it, be too mean about Jock Peterson, but it's the Giants have put them, they've decisioned their way right back into last year where yeah. they're like, his bat will play, will cover up the defense, but it's not. His bat is nowhere near where it needs to be to cover up for that terrible defense. And so they keep compounding their own decision-making. And I don't know if it's stubbornness. You know what I mean? It's like, but we're down to the, we're down to the final um, 22 games here. You'd like to think that they go like, okay, let's do something drastic. That's, you know, a statistical. <laughs> let's- uh, so, I mean, to me, I wonder if they learned the wrong lessons from 2021 because they might be looking at it being like, look, all our tinkering worked. Like our tinkering, all the platoons, that's why that team was good. And I don't think it is. I think that team was good because they got great seasons from good players. Other teams can figure out tinkering. They can figure out those small advantages around the margins. They can game plan for that. You know what you can't game plan for? Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts. And the Giants don't have one of those. And as long as they don't have one of those, and like not that they had someone who was that good in 2021, but like if you look at what, Belt and Crawford and Posey were doing, then they were sort of close enough to that level that the Giants were fine. Um, and so, and so what they doubled down on was the tinkering, the platooning Darren Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. You know, so they can get one good player out, one great player out of that spot. Um, and 
because they're doing that, I think it's also probably mentally exhausting for the players. Like you don't just get a day off. You know, J.D. Davis doesn't get a day off. Uh, it happened a couple of weeks ago that he was supposed to have a full day off on Tuesday, but then they played him the last three innings of the game. So they had to give him the full day off on Wednesday because he needed the day off. At some point, you just have to not take the 3% advantage today to have a better team tomorrow. And the Giants can't do that. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that comes from Zaidi or Kapler or somewhere else. But they have to kind of ease back, I think, on some of this pushing literally everything. Because it's if you're a player, it, it, it'll just tear you It'll just tire you out. And I think that's you've been seeing that, that if you're not winning every game, like part of the reason it worked in 2021, they won every game down the stretch. They went, you know, they had like three losses in September that year. because And so if that's happening, if it is visibly working what's happening, you will get energy from that. And if you're if it's not visibly working or if it's visibly okay, then you're going to start questioning. You're going to be tired. You're going to be cranky. Like these players are people. It happens. And I don't think they're – I think that is it this – I think the way this team is run is keeping them from getting the rest that they could probably use to perform at a higher level. They're, the team is maximizing what they get today at the expense of maximizing what they get over the long term. That's how it feels to me. And just to put one last piece on that, talk about all the great seasons and you, and someone might want to counter back, but they got great seasons from lots of guys, you know, Wilmer Flores is having a really nice year this year, a really nice year this year. Well, guess what? In 2021, you add that into the mix and they are a, as good as they were then. But right now it's really just Wilmer Flores and some guys. And I got to tell you, if that's what your team is built around, you're in trouble. You're in danger, girl. <laughs> you cannot uh, build the team that way. So we'll see what happens. Um, when you say it like that, it makes me think, well, if, if I'm given two options, Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler, and I'm asked the question, which of these two will keep pressing buttons <laughs> rather than give it a rest? I'm going with Gabe Kapler 12 out of 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll just be like, just just drink more, just drink more protein shakes. Let's go. Let's right. do it. <laughs> so get some red cherry juice in there. Listen to some ASMR and doze off. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> and we'll be fine because all we're doing is talking about the Giants. We're just playing. Uh, we're not playing, so we're just enjoying the the the, the degradation, I guess. <laughs> uh, they're going to return to Oracle Park, start a six six game homestand against the Rockies and the Guardians. Fun fact, Doug: the Giants have won thirteen of their last fourteen and twenty two of their last twenty nine against the Rockies, uh, and the Giants are thirteen and fifteen lifetime against Cleveland. In the, in the regular season. Uh, I don't think any of that will matter, of course. So we'll just... No, no. If the Giants, uh, the Giants laid an egg in Oakland at the beginning of August, that's, yeah. that's all out the window. They're facing the team, the Rockies, with a lineup that is actually, by weighted, weighted runs created plus, a worse lineup than theirs have has been since June 20th or whenever that Dodgers series ended. By, by runs scored, just raw runs scored, they are the lowest offense the giants the rockies still have them beat in like dynamism which means <laughs> my god how much worse can it get watching these two teams play each other <laughs> we could be in for the worst series of the year 
from a pure baseball perspective. So get excited. You don't <laughs> see that every day. Are you going to write about the Giants still, Doug, this month, this week? I mean, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, I've i told people I will. So what choice do I have? Uh, and you I'm can gonna find be whatever. I got to be honest. Your last article, you were really going through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An article all about how, thank God I didn't watch that game yesterday. Uh, anyway, whatever I read about the Giants, you can find at giantsdug.substack.com. Twice a week, I write Tuesdays and Thursdays about the Giants. Brian, where can people find you? I'm at McCoveyChronicles.com, and I'm going to have a little bit of an existential crisis because what's the point of these series previews anymore? Why do we do it? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, we're part of Fans First Sports Network. Send us your questions at Giants Croncast. That's on Twitter. And follow at Fans First SN on Twitter or visit fansfirstsports.com to look at all of the podcasts on the network for all the different teams, 49ers. That's coming up. I hear people like them a lot. Uh, the Warriors, Oakland Warriors podcast. Don't forget about them. Uh, and we'll be back next week with an all new episode. Until then. Oh, I have to say it, don't I? Yeah. Wait, well, what can we say in, instead? Eat at Arby's? <laughs> <laughs> no, go Giants. <laughs> <laughs>